One of the uh, most interesting events of late is this uh, plea bargain that just didn't go over very well uh, with this uh, this court, district court in uh, Delaware, where, where uh, what's his name, Hunter Biden was supposed to enter a plea. Everyone agreed. It, it was all, uh, you know, a scripted, <laughs> the, the, the defending uh, parties, of course, his team, and then the district attorney, they, they all agreed to this plea bargain whereby he would get uh, a slap on the wrist for the gun possession while on crack cocaine, uh, and then the tax evasion, not paying his taxes. So you would think that he would get much more than this than what he got, but he essentially got no prison time and no real penalty of, of any import. He, he was supposed to pay back the taxes and and that would be that. There was no penalty associated with it. If, if it were you or, you or me, Devin, uh, owing that much and having not paid for that many years, we'd be in prison. Okay? And that, 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 that it just smacked just so horribly wrong. Now, so they all think it's going to be a matter, of course, they're, they're going to go to the judge and the judge is going to rubber stamp this plea bargain because it's good to rubber stamp plea bargains. You want to send out the signal to DA's uh, and defense counsel alike that it's good to settle these cases and not belabor the, um, uh, the, the population with very expensive trials. That's the idea. So in the same way you, don't, you, want, you want to encourage people to settle civil cases like a breach of contract or whatever, you also want to encourage DAs and defenders to work out some sort of acceptable resolution. Now, the problem is that the, unlike a regular settlement agreement in a civil course, like for example, if I, if I have a dispute with somebody, uh, a client of mine, and, and uh, he, he claims he's owed a million dollars, but he decides to settle for $10, okay, we're done. That's it. And the, the judge in the case, assuming there's a judge in the case, doesn't get to say, well, I don't like this settlement. Uh, you have to go back to the drawing board. No, it's a civil case. It's different. When it comes to criminal matters, that, that, that's a very big deal because you're talking about incarceration. You're talking about taking away the person's liberty. But still, there is a deference to the DA and the defense counsel uh, as to what they reach. But here, they, they go in. <laughs> And I knew this ahead of time. I said it to everyone. I said, this judge is not going to like this plea bargain. Now, where I was wrong is I thought it was going to be a little bit more tame than it was, but she really slapped it down. She said, this is wrong. This, is, this does not smell right. And on a couple of different grounds that are not too critical right now, but the basic uh, principle of it was that she didn't like the immunity aspect of it, meaning that he would not have to deal whatsoever um, with all future uh, pending investigations, he'd be immunized from that, including the Foreign Agent Act, where he was indeed acting as a foreign agent, never registered. That's a serious no-no. And uh, then, of course, the bribery scandals and taking on all these things. I, they were trying to wrap it up all nice and a bow. And that, this was actually perfect for them because what they were doing, Devin, was that they were, they were using the tax evasion and the drug issue slash you know, gun possession uh, as a vehicle by which they can now put everything under the, under the rug. That's what they, it was beautiful. It was, it was a mastermind of brilliance. Um, and the judge saw through it. That's the beauty of it. She did. And, and, and she basically said, no go on this. And he had to plead no, not guilty. And they're either going to go back to the drawing board and try to do something that's sensible 
But that sensible thing will be no immunity for the foreign agent violation and for the bribery issues. Not bribery, I guess, the, what is it, influence peddling. They can't, they can't, I mean, they're not going to agree to that. They can't. Now, this, this will be settled one way or the other. There'll be a different plea agreement eventually because uh, they just can't afford him to go to trial. They're, they're going to do something. But the problem is it's going to invoke his dad, Joe Biden. Now, the Democrats have been very hot to trot about, well, this is an issue about Hunter Biden. This has nothing to do with Joe Biden and they never the twain shall meet. That's, that's what they want you to believe. But in fact, it's they're one and the same. I and mean, he was, he was, Hunter Biden was going to different countries peddling his name, saying, I will get you great deals because I'm Hunter Biden, emphasis on Biden. It, 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 to, to think otherwise, it's, you got to be so naive. Anyway, I, I, what do you think? I, I think it's, I, I'm really surprised after all these just insane decisions by judges that there is one where it's like, oh, well, that that's, makes sense. That's a reasonable person. And I'm really happy for that. And I keep on thinking about with the foreign agent with um, General Flynn. Like yeah. he was an intelligence officer. His job was to talk to other na national intelligence officers. And then he he talks to Comey. He thinks he's talking to his own team. And they get him for that same thing. And he didn't get a plea deal. That's right. But the question I have is, okay, the more this lasts, the, before they resolve it, it hurts Joe Biden. So they have to resolve it quickly. I don't think anyone wants, um, Hunter or Joe, wants him to do prison time. So it really is an interesting pickle how this is going to end up. Well, what you see here is uh, this attempt to bamboozle the, the public, right? And that, that's, this is a bridge too far for even a Democrat judge. Now, she, she apparently is a Democrat, but I, I guess not a woke Democrat like many are. Many are. Uh, as I understand it, Trump was actually the one who appointed her, but that's neither here nor, nor there. She's a Democrat. But I, I think this was just too much for even her. You know, not all Democrats are for corruption. Thank God. Right. There's Joe Manchin. There's uh, Tulsi Gabbard before she abandoned the Democrat Party and so on. There's there's many decent Democrats. But uh, the issue here is whether or not the public could swallow it. And I think what happened here is what I call Bud Lightism, right? A part of, it's not even gaslighting. Bud Lightism is the, the idea that they, they believe their own BS so much. Because there's, there's two to tango in the Bud Light story, right? They, the fact of what happened is the obvious stuff. Like they push this out. And it, it caused uh, disastrous damages to Bud Light. It may never recover. Maybe. Uh, and, and I don't care if they, if they recover. They never apologized for it. So until they do apologize and admit how stupid they were, I say, you know what? You know, go, go to, the, to the bottom of the earth on this one. Um, the, the other side of the Bud Light story is the hubris of the, the CFO or the, or the marketing person who decided this would be a great idea that they would actually get traction, that, that people would, would rally around this, the Bud Light situation with Dylan Mulvaney, right? That they would, they would enjoy drinking a beer with a picture of Dylan Mulvaney, this nuthead, right? That, that, is, uh, that to me is, is what's going on right now. They believed that they could sell this, as it were, to the public, that, look, we're, we're, we're doing what we need to do with Hunter Biden, 
he did a bad thing. Yes, he did. And he's going to now cop to a misdemeanor. And uh, he's guilty. He's admitting it. He's, he's taking the beat. And he's going right in front of a judge, no less. And sure, he's doing no time. And it will never really show up on his record. And it'll actually gain him immunity for all these other charges that are pending against him right now. You don't know that public. But yeah, that's what we're doing. But the, the public was furious about this. I would say not, not just the Republicans, which are about 50% of the population, but a lot of the Democrats, sensible ones, are saying that that just doesn't seem right uh, with a crack cocaine guy and the gun possession. They, look, he, he should have taken his lumps and be done with it, um, whether it's five years in prison or a massive fine. But he's, he's, uh, he's a felon. That's the bottom line. That's what it should have been. Um, and, and they believed it. They believed that you would believe it. And they believed that the judge would have believed it. And they were truly expecting a pro forma hearing, a rubber stamp, whereby this judge would say, sounds good to me. Um, and that would be that. But it didn't happen. Instead, it was a three-hour hearing. And she was not happy. And she asked uh, the uh, many questions to Hunter Biden directly, which is generally speaking uh, a form of, of finding out whether or not this is the opportunity the judge you know, has to talk to the defendant to say, do you understand what you're saying yes to? I mean, uh, copying a, a plea to, meaning a guilt, uh, guilt things. And, and he's supposed to say yes. And she's supposed to assess that he understands what's going on. Uh, but during that time, she basically was challenging him about, are these pending investigations going on? Uh, and and what, what did you do? And you were, you know, full of cocaine at the time. I mean, it, it just didn't seem right to her. And the whole world is shocked, shocked that this is happening. But I wasn't. This is what I've been saying for, for weeks before this, this hearing. It, it just doesn't make sense. Even a Democrat judge would say no to this if he or she had any sense of real justice. Uh, look, we always say that the Democrats will turn on their own when they've gone way too far, right? Anthony Weiner is a good example of that. He went way too far. It's just, they, they made it impossible for him, for them to, to back him up. They just couldn't. Same thing with, what's his name, uh, Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo. They, they, he made it impossible for the rest of the Democrat Party to back him up. Okay, it was too much. And so they turn on him. Uh, and, and rightfully so, but you know, they, they, they should be a little bit more aggressive when it comes to other people. Like Joe Biden, who's clearly in the, in the on the take when it comes to China, Ukraine, uh, Romania, and otherwise. Okay, that, clearly. So this is going to unravel. It's, it's very interesting uh, issues are coming to play here. Look, um, I think, you know, what, what the, one of the things that the prosecution had argued as to why this plea deal should be accepted is that, gosh, it's going to be so hard to prove this case. There are so many accounts. It would take 10 years, Your Honor, 10 years to, to unravel this all. Really? That that many accounts? You think so? You, you would think with 87,000 new agents, you know, maybe you can, you know, pounce, pounce 1,000 of them on this. I think it will, it'll take less than 10 years. How about that? Right? I mean, it, it's a little bit like when, when uh, Obama said that it would take years and years, decades even, to destroy ISIS. Remember that? And that was, you know, this is after he called them the JV team, right? They suddenly came out of nowhere, and now it's going to take decades to get rid of them. And then, of course, one Donald J. Trump comes in and gets rid of them in six months. 
right? Exactly. And the trial time, like the prosecution for Trump's trial is, no, no, let's go right now. Like, how dare you? You're trying to delay it. All these horrible tactics. You guys are so, but um, the president's son who has like, I think I've said this probably two, three times in this podcast, and I, I apologize, but there is only one reason why a computer repairman gets weird with your laptop or your computer and starts contacting the FBI or a lawyer. There is only one reason. And just by that fact alone, he should be in prison. And just to add to your, uh, Hunter Biden should take his lumps, like... I actually do like Joe Biden, I think is through and through a criminal, but Hunter, he, he's doing enough cries for help that if he actually did some prison time, he actually faced some accountability. I think that's what he wants because I think he knows he's on the wrong track. And I think he is redeemable because leaving the laptop there, being so careless, it's obvious he doesn't really deeply want that part of that life. And it's compassionate, especially with a drug addict to give them consequences to their actions. Yeah. yeah. That, that's a great point. I mean, look, it should be done, uh, but unfortunately it's, uh, it's not going to be done because the, the Biden family, well, that's not the way they roll, Devin. I, <laughs> let's, let's face it. And then, of course, there's a major 2024 election coming to pass. And anything that he says, Hunter Biden, you know, the more he's apart from Joe Biden, the more Hunter Biden might say something stupid. Okay, and and re reveal quite a few things, and if he wants to not face prison time, then then maybe talk a little bit about his dad, and maybe start uh, singing like a bird when it comes to what he did on behalf of, of his father. So that they've got big problems there. Another reason why this judge uh, may have balked at accepting this plea deal is because she began to see that there are a lot of whistleblower testimony, and also his one of his former best friends saying that, yeah, I was in the room where it happened, where he's basically saying his father was in on it. I think they, that she didn't like that at all. Secondly, um, uh, I guess maybe thirdly, uh, there, there, the evidence of his felonious behavior is so overwhelming. The fact is that we know that he was on crack cocaine. He's admitted it as much. And then assigning the possession of, of the, uh, you know, the, whatever the form work was, for getting the gun. So that, that's, that's slam dunk. It's not an issue. So the, the, the accounts and such regarding the body, uh, you know, the, the, um, the influence peddling issue, that's neither here nor there. That doesn't really kind of come into the same discussion. So just talking about the drug possession issue slash gun, gun issue slash tax evasion, those things are not, not in dispute. He didn't pay the taxes. Uh, he was hiding from it all the time. And he was on crack cocaine when he filled out that gun paperwork. And he was lying. Okay, that, that's not a hard case. So I think, I think one of the standards in criminal, uh, to accept a criminal plea deal like this, is to, um, to show that you cannot prove beyond a reasonable doubt the various elements of a felony. But if you can then this, this plea bargain doesn't work. You're not doing your job as, as a prosecutor. So it, it reeks, it suggests that this DOJ, which is, you know, hand in hand, glove in glove with the Biden administration, is doing whatever it can to protect this particular young man, Hunter Biden, he's not so young anymore, uh, 
who is a very nefarious character, uh, and more importantly, they're trying to correct, uh, uh, protect Joe Biden. Exactly. And I think they keep on using the word novel. It's a novel interpretation of the law to prosecute Donald Trump. It's a novel. There's like, they, my understanding, I could be totally wrong, is when the IRS gets their teeth into you, you're going down. Like, I think their conviction rates in the 90s or something. Like, there's no way out of it. Like, you're going to do jail time if you owe that much money that long. And then, but it's a novel way to interpret it that Hunter, okay, he's the president's son, but that's absolutely not the reason why we're doing it. It keeps on being this brand new way of instituting justice on, like, to benefit them and to hurt their enemies. I think one of the issues in this case was that there's a sense that you've just got, you went way too far. The immunity aspect of it was really, really bad, what they call the, the diversion issue. Uh, but that's basically the immunity issue, where you're saying that you will not be uh, pursued for conviction for these other pending causes of action, or claims, or whatever, uh, what are, uh, charges, I guess. And uh, among them, the Foreign Agent Act and the influence peddling issues. So the judge would have none of it. Uh, you're extending yourself way beyond these two particular charges that are, are pending against you. It's one thing you want to settle those. We can talk about that. But the, the immunity aspect of it, you, you want to get a lot more out of it. Uh, that dog don't hunt. So there's an expression that we have in law, which is pigs get fed and hogs get slaughtered, right? So you can be piggish. You should push for what you want. But if you go too far, you're going to get slaughtered. And there's something to it. And they want they wanted this blanket immunity that that rose to the level of being a hog, and she would have none of it. So now they're really, I mean, it, it's a big problem for them all around because each new day that this comes out, it becomes it's big news. Even CNN and MSNBC had to cover it. Uh, that's how big it was, right? Um, they were forced to, and and because of that, um, it, it's just going to reopen the wound of this investigation. They can't sweep it under the rug. So this will carry throughout this campaign uh, all the way through 24. And now we know about the Hyden, Hunter Biden laptop. Everyone acknowledges it. It's going to be a huge issue in the campaign. Um, now, look, what does the impact of this mean? At, at some point, the Democrats were going to have to turn to, to Joe Biden and say, look, dude, you're too toxic. Uh, they already have, uh, what's his name, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. running against him. So that's going to split the party with, from the within. There's a very strong possibility that Joe Manchin is going to run as an independent, which would, would of course, further erode Joe Biden's uh, votes. And then you have uh, Donald J. Trump, who right now looks like will certainly be the nominee of the Republicans. Right now. Okay, anything could change. I, I get that. But this is a pretty, pretty solid nomination for him. He, he's, like, he's like the incumbent. And a smart candidate would know not to run against him. DeSantis. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, look, I, I like DeSantis, but uh, I, I just, this is not his time. 2028, I don't know why he decided to jump into the fray right now. He had too many people whispering in his ears. Uh, who knows whether they were Democrats or Republicans or whatever. They had a... They had some sort of animus against Donald Trump, but they, they figured this would be great to kind of divide and conquer. It didn't work. Trump is well ahead of the rest of the pack, just well ahead. 
And I think he's going to be the nominee. And the more we see this corruption, the more we understand that we need Donald Trump back. He, he will clean this up. He, he'll be the cleaner, as it were, le nettoyeur, as they say in French. Uh, and, and he'll, you know, he's the only one who would do it. Not, not DeSantis. I mean, I, I think DeSantis would be a, do a decent job, but he, he just didn't, doesn't have that fortitude. I, I don't think that DeSantis really has the energy and the, the drive to take on this nomination. I just wish he had waited, supported Trump in this nomination, and, uh, and leave it at that. It, it would be unstoppable. He would look great. And he says, look, I'm, I'm going to wait till 2028. We'll see what the cards hold for me then. But right now, uh, it's not, not the time. It's uh, let's, let's do what's fair. And, we, and, I, and I stand by behind Donald Trump. And that way, Trump supports him, right? I mean, it would be a win-win. Come on, DeSantis is, is so young. Anyway, this is, this is not about DeSantis. The point is that um, they, they really went too far with this. And with the hubris, the, the Bud Lightism, as I called it, uh, they, they ended up in this pickle where now they're going to be restoking this issue day after day after day. This thing that they thought would be swept under the rug, it'd be a great way to cap off this horrible, you know, live wire, right? That's just flailing. Imagine, you know, one of those electric wires that just flails and they don't, you know, don't go near it. It's going it, to, you, you can get killed. No, no, they, they managed to cap it or so they thought and all good. Everyone go about your business now. Okay. <laughs> it turns out, no, they can't cap it. And it's going to keep on flailing for the next few months, at least. Look, at some point they're going to have to cop a better plea deal, but it's not going to be this one. They know what the judge wants and eventually she's going to give it to them, but it's not going to be what they had hoped for at all. Uh, and, and I like, I like that aspect of it. I like, I like that a lot. Uh, but we'll see. He's got to settle it. Like I said before with his, uh, Hunter Biden is just one, one of these people that just can't think logically, right? When, when he was fighting this woman in Arkansas, I think it was, who was the, the mother of his uh, child. And she was fighting for 20,000 a month child support. And look, I think it's a lot. That's true. I mean, I, she may not need that much for child support. I get it. But still, if I, if I were the Biden team, I'd say, pay whatever the frig this woman wants. Just get her to stop talking. Okay, we don't need this anymore. Okay, this is embarrassing. It's too much. You look like a schmuck for not being able to afford this. I, nobody believes you. you. You get millions, literally millions, and you can't afford to pay this twenty thousand, you know, so so negotiate down to fifteen, okay, maybe twelve. As it was, they they negotiated down to I think like five thousand a month. There's some much lower number. That's only what sixty thousand a year, five thousand. That's that's nothing. And so even if it was one hundred twenty thousand, that's still something. They were fighting this. He was willing to go into court and spend, you know, what would be the equivalent of what three hundred, four hundred thousand to a, to his legal team in order to to do this. Really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was insane. It just not, there was no logic to it, especially since he he would end up looking like a schmuck, and then it would only expose him more. And and the judge finally said to him, "I want to see all your revenues. I, I want to see everything about this." And he began to reveal it, but then he said, "We better settle this." You know, like but but a, but a, a, an attorney wouldn't tell him, "We better settle up because they're going to start poking at your your finances." Really. So the same thing is happening here with this plea bargain deal. Like you, you better, the last thing they want is to actually go to trial. 
right? To were you on, you know, isn't it true that you were uh, on cocaine, sir? Isn't it true that that you signed this form uh, and you lied about being on cocaine, sir? Uh, isn't it true that you'd never paid your taxes, sir? <laughs> like, I mean, it's going to be impossible for him to say no. And then he's going to get sentenced and he could very well go to prison. And then what, what then? And then the risk of him turning on his own dad, it's, it's high. And that's one of the sad things and one of the most likable things about Joe Biden. And they're there's not much if you really dig in, but his absolute love and devastation when his son Bo died. And he was destroyed by so many other reports. But I, he does not want anything to happen to Hunter either. Like this man loves his sons, but so you, you, I don't think he's going to sacrifice for like, you know, his son for himself, but if he resigns and somehow like, okay, I'm just going to um, absolve him of everything. And like Kamala is president and no one likes Kamala. That's the most, in, like this is a very interesting thing of the chess moves of if anything happened to Biden, we're stuck with Kamala. And I think the Democrats are going to like that less than the Republicans. I actually like that because I think she's conscious, conscious enough to see consequences that I don't think Joe Biden is, but so where do you like, then they get like Gavin Newsom will be her VP and then something will happen to her. Oh no. But like, that's pretty much how it is. But it's a very interesting like dynamic that's going on because they denied this laptop for so long. And that's one of the reasons why he won. And now it keeps on coming back to haunt them. And yeah, it's going to be interesting. I don't know who said it, but I, I know that it's a truism that, but I'm not taking credit for it, that it's it's never just one lie, right? Once you say one lie, you have to have many other lies to start covering it up, right? Because it, it just, you can't do it. It's, it's, a, it's a thread that starts unraveling and you can't put it back together again. It's, it, it's very hard. So that's what happened with the Hunter Biden laptop. They lied about this issue of the, what is it, 51 Intelligence Agency. I didn't know we had that many, but there you go. I think that's uh, probably... 50 too many, but the point is 51 intelligence heads said that this was, had all the classic earmarks of, a, of Russian disinformation without saying why. They just signed the, the document, uh, and now it's all going to come back on them, as it should. And, but the Hunter Biden laptop was real. So now they lied about that. So now we have to go back to the, to the intelligence heads and say, well, why did you sign this? You said it had all the earmarks. You signed it. You didn't say, yeah, I approve. You, you said it as though you believed it personally, that you had information that it had all the classic earmarks of a Russian disinformation program. Well, how so? I mean, all these heads should roll, right? And then, uh, of course, you know, then, it, then the other lie is, you know, well, how did you tell Twitter and Facebook to not talk about it during the election, right? And, and so all the lies that will come and, and flourish from there uh, and then the, the lies that they had, uh, you know, they believed it, Mark Zuckerberg and everything else, did he believe it or not? Uh, and then the justification behind it. So, uh, and, and then when it does come out that it's real, then you have to ask the question, well, what does the laptop say, so to speak? Well, it's not just the Coke and, and the, all the photos and the, the child pornography, as I understand it, but also all the influence peddling. So now you can't deny it. If, if it's real, you can't say that, Different parts of it in the, in the laptop are, some are real and some are not real. You can't, you can't do that. You, you can't decide for yourself what to do. So 
I don't know. It's, it's going to be very interesting. Uh, I don't think that they're going to have a, um, I mean, it, it's going to end up unraveling whether they like it or not. It has to unravel. The only hope they have for themselves at this point is to get rid of Biden, even with Kamala Harris as the, the, the ultimate president who will take over, God forbid, but there it is. Uh, or they can make some sort of other arrangement, whether it's Gavin Newsom or some other schmuck from the Democrat Party. But it's a disaster for them. They don't see it. We see it. But they don't see it. And, and they've been, look, I mean, we've we seen the train wrecks coming way before they did, right? We saw the COVID, you know, uh, uh, train wreck. We saw uh, the shutdown uh, train wreck. It, it, all of it happened. Then we saw the vaccine train wreck. And it wasn't hard to see. It's not, it's not like we're geniuses. I mean, I think we're both very bright, but you don't need to be bright to see these particular train wrecks. And, and how they think that they can somehow nip this in the bud to cap off this live wire that's floating around and it's going to electrocute them all. You know, let's, let's, let's just, you know, stop talking about it. As if somehow uh, we'll just say, oh, okay, got it. The plea bargain was accepted. Okay, I guess we can't do anything about it now. <laughs> and we go back with our Minnesota accents, right? <laughs> Chicago. And, and uh, you know, keep on, you know, clinging to our God and beer, God and, and church, whatever. Uh, God, God and guns, rather. Uh, that's what they think. You know, go back to that. Yeah. yeah. Don't ask any more questions because we resolved it for you. Don't worry. You know, a, a, um, a, a, a plea bargain was accepted, uh, true and fair. And uh, thanks very much. Don't ask any more questions. Exactly. And just to sum up that, what you just said is experts have decided. And so there's no reason to question science because the experts are in charge. Well, look, and, and going back to our little phrase, Bud Lightism, <laughs> I, I, I hope that uh, that takes off, right? Because you're engaging. It's, it's a very easy way of explaining the situation. It's like it's like uh, drinking the Kool-Aid. Right. That comes from what happened in Guyana with uh, Jim Jones. You know about this, Jonestown, right? Yeah. Jonestown. So you know about it, but a lot of people don't. So the, the basic background of that is that Jim Jones, who's a cult leader in Guyana, uh, had a lot of Americans down there. And he basically convinced them to drink uh, Kool-Aid, which was laced with, with cyanide. And they all kind of knew that they were, he was poisoning them and they all died. So when you say drinking the Kool-Aid, it means like you're, you're believing to your own detriment something that somebody's telling you. Okay, so don't drink the Kool-Aid, as they say. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, for Kool-Aid's purposes, it didn't do very well for its market share. But <laughs> that's another thing. But Bud Light lost a lot of its market share, too, because of what happened with Dylan Mulvaney. Uh, and I, I think that the same thing, is, it, same thing happened with um, uh, the L.A. Dodgers, right? with the, uh, the stupid show that they did with the drag queens, uh, the Target situation, the Cole situation, um, and uh, what else? There was another one. Uh, well, Disney, a lot of the movies at Disney. And, and then finally, more recently, this story of uh, Ben and Jerry's. Okay? So, and then they engaged in Bud Lightism too. They thought it would be just an awesome idea, and this is why I'm bringing it up, um, kind of changing subjects a little bit, but... They thought it would be an awesome idea to say that America is an awful place on July 4th of all days, and that we should give all the land back to the indigenous people of America. And then right away, <laughs> right away, uh, some Indian chief of the tribe that used to own the land 
uh, you know, comes to Ben and Jerry's, okay, that sounds great. Give us the land under your corporate headquarters. We'll be happy to accept the deed uh, right now. <laughs> and then, well, let's, let's, not, let's not be rash here. It's like, <laughs> but, but that's, uh, and of course, you know, again, not unlike Bud Light, uh, ben and Jerry's, their market share started tumbling as well. And what's even more offensive about that particular situation, I mean, Bud Light did it to itself, right? But Ben and Jerry's, they're owned by Unilever. Ben and Jerry's is, the actual Ben and Jerry are not players anymore in their own, they sold it. That's fair, okay? They, 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 they get to keep the name Ben and Jerry's, that's what they sold. But then they say, like Unilever is saying, would you not say these things, please? <laughs> So, because it ruins our reputation. So now I'm not buying Ben and Jerry's anymore. I don't know about you, but I'm not buying it anymore. Uh, I mean, it, it, it was it was a very good ice cream, but there's plenty of other really great ice creams out there, Hagen Dazs and so forth, and uh, and some really good vegan ones, by the way. I really like vegan ice cream. Thank you very much. You really can't tell the difference. It's awesome. Anyway, uh, you have a choice when it comes to ice cream, and Ben and Jerry's. Why why do you have to take it? You don't have to take it. Just don't eat it. And sure enough, their market share is, is plummeting as well. And they're ever so surprised. Really? Are you surprised? Like, a, you're so anti-American, uh, and, and all this transgender stuff is, is crazy. And then you expect people to, to go along with it. But haven't you learned the lesson of, of Bud Light and, and of Target and Kohl's and all the other things we mentioned before, Disney? Why would, why would you think it would work better for you, that somehow it would give you a positive percentage as opposed to the negative, massive negative downfall that the others experienced. Anyway, they're learning. I would say it's a hard way, but they didn't learn the hard way. They learned the easy way. <laughs> they, should have, they should have figured this out very easily. So that's what happened with, with, uh, with them. But that's, that dovetails into this plea bargain. That's why I'm trying to make the comparison because they, they thought, like Bud Light, that the, the world would just swallow it. Yeah, okay, well, you know, he's copping to what he did wrong and he's admitting his fault and he's pleading guilty and he's a good boy now um, and Godspeed to him and his recovery as a cocaine addict. It's too bad, just, just too bad, but he's doing the right thing. And Joe Biden will be right there by his side and say, well, you know, justice has prevailed and, uh, you know, we wish him a speedy recovery. That, no, no, the world did not buy it. And this judge certainly did not buy it. And now they're seeing, they're getting the pushback that they finally, uh, w w they were trying to avoid all this time. Exactly. And it just shows like the lack of humility where conservatives, and there are some racists who are conservatives and Republicans, not as many as the Democrats say, but there, there are. And it's not as many Democrats. The Democrats are way more racist. Exactly. Exactly. And, but like they're totally willing, there's only one good party and the Democrat Party is all good completely. There's never been a time when the Democrats were wrong about anything. And the exact opposite is true with the Republicans. That kind of pride is exactly the same thing that, like, Joe Biden is suffering from, Ben and Jerry's, aside from, you know, stop hating on your country. Don't hate on your family. Don't hate on your city. You just, it's just class listed. And then they call conservatives hateful. Where it's like, you're the one hating on America. And then you say that we're hateful. And I, I think you're so right. Like that, that pride, that thinking that nothing, no consequence will ever befall you just because it hasn't yet. And you've gotten some lucky times and you happen to be in the interest of others. That does end. That's why you have to have the humility to do the right thing all the time, because 
maybe not this time, but it will catch up to you. It will catch up to you. Um, but look, this is hubris. This is, again, Bud Lightism. You're seeing it all over the place. I mean, even even the uh, what's happening with uh, California in particular, but what they're doing with the uh, the police force and the defunding and the and criminalizing, uh, demonizing, I should say, demonizing the police, and then expecting the public to go along with it. We, we don't buy that. And not even the black communities they purport to be protecting, that, there's, that they purport to be speaking on behalf of, uh, they don't believe it either. They want the police. So, you know, this is all garbage in, the, in their own mind. Uh, and, and then they're expecting you to swallow that, that as well. It's gotten so bad in Los Angeles that the, uh, I, I believe the head of the union of the LAPD is now telling cops to leave the city. And she said specifically, go somewhere that respects the work you do. That is shocking, right? I, I mean, but she's not wrong. If she's acting on behalf of the union, she's actually saying the right thing. She's acting, you know, asking her people, her fellow police officers, you know what? We got to do the right thing here for our people. Go. 100%. And I, I remember it was a couple years ago, there was like some shooting and everyone was a BLM was getting onto it. And I happened to talk to this one girl and I asked her, she was from that city, I think it was Georgia or something like that. And I asked her about that and if she, what she felt about the police. And she happened to be black. And she looked me straight in the eye and said, well, my uncle is police. Two of my aunts are police. And when you actually think about the ethnic diversity of most police departments, it's not all white. When you want to abolish the police, you want to take away black people and Hispanic peoples and all the ethnicities jobs. You're not standing up for a black person when the black person's a cop. Yeah, I think uh, very similarly it happened in Baltimore. The, um, there, was a, there was a guy, a black guy who had been killed in a, while in police custody in a van. And I guess he was throttled around too much while they were driving, whatever. Who knows what happened before that? But anyway, he, he died. Uh, and all the cops who were involved were, were black, everyone. And, you know, but that didn't matter. No, no, they're all racist anyway. You know, it's, uh, they're all Uncle Toms, I guess. And the mayor, uh, you know, basically accused them of racism as well. Uh, she herself is black. The city is like 80%, 90% black. It's, it's you know, a very large black city, all Baltimore we're talking about. And uh, no, it, it, you just can't win. You just can't win. It, it, you're more guilty of being the police than you are of being black. And so that doesn't save you, being black, as it turns out. You're the police. You're the enemy right, right away. That's, that's it. End of story. So, but, but they, this again is Bud Lightism going on, right? They expect people to buy it. They, they buy the whole thing about and, and this is why we're at least skeptical. And I, I would say more than skeptical, but... We, everyone should be at least skeptical about what happened in the voting of 2022, uh, 2020 and to, to a lesser extent 2022. But you got to be skeptical about this. Like if, if, you, if you know now for a fact that they managed to hide the Hunter Biden laptop all this time and they played the game that they did in order to manipulate the vote, that's a fact, right? This is not a conspiracy theory anymore, right? Uh, and if you, if you now come to realize the facts that they didn't know whether the vaccine would be effective at all when they claimed that it would be. They didn't. They lied to us about the 15 days to flatten the curve. They, they lied to us about the masks. They lied. Everything was lied about. We now know the numbers of the deaths 
of, uh, of people directly from COVID is massively low compared to what they reported and how they incentivized hospitals to increase these numbers. And, and yet you, you're, you're told to expect to, to, to think that the 2020 election was just perfect. These are the same people, exactly the same people who were saying this to you. So look, I, can I prove for a fact, you know, and, and count up all the fraudulent votes? No, I can't. But I can tell you liars always lie, right? And why should I believe them? They, they have a track record of lying. So why would they be truthful? It's more likely that they were lying. Uh, and, it, it, and the things don't make sense in the election. You know, the fact that Biden campaigned from the basement, uh, that he allegedly uh, got 81 million votes. Uh, it just doesn't ring true. And that Trump, who got 10 million more votes, still lost the election. All, all the anomalies of this particular election, all happening at the same time, Okay, you know what? It it just it, it's beginning to smell. At some point, I have to assume there's some dog poop somewhere. Okay, that's all. I'm smelling the smell, and there's something, there's some poop somewhere that's emanating that smell. All right, I think it's a very fair analogy. And uh, that's how lies work, and they expect you to believe it all the time. One last thing I'll say, uh, you know, this is about affirmative action which is also a very similar thing. If an action decision came down, we spoke at length about that, and it was a very good decision. Um, I, I have no qualms about it. I, I think that, uh, I, I'm not saying, oh, they should have said X also. That would have been nice. So, you know, I, that would have been a home run. No, we got our home run. We really did. Uh, they said this is discrimination, plain and simple, and, and any honest person would agree that, that that is. And to say that, well, we need to engage in reverse discrimination to help rectify the the, the past discrimination, uh, okay, well, first of all, you have to show that it works, uh, which you can't. 60 years and, you know, you, you're still pushing for it. That's not fair. At some point, you've got to say enough. Uh, and then the fact that you can make that argument to just about anything. Uh, you, there's no justification for violating the Constitution. End of story, right? It doesn't say anywhere in the Constitution, uh, you must do all these things unless <laughs> doing these things would somehow mean that you have a bad result, in which case you can violate the Constitution. It doesn't say that, right? So there are no asterisks in the Constitution, whether it comes to free speech or guns or otherwise. Oh, what are you talking about, Barack? There are plenty of exceptions when it comes to free speech. No, they're not. They're, they're not. What about fire in a crowded uh, theater, you'd say? No, that's not a question of free speech. You're not being arrested for what you're saying. You're being arrested for the consequences of what you're saying, right? So uh, if, I, if I say, you know, I, you know, in the middle of the night, aliens are, are, gonna, are, are blowing up the buildings and we are, everyone got to get, right? And everyone racing out. I, well, it's not, everyone should know that's not true, right? I'm not saying, but you're not expressing an opinion. You're doing something to effectuate a consequence, right? Same thing with, not hate speech, because hate speech is free speech. But if you say, you know, there's a Jew, go get him, kill him. Um, that's that you're, you're, you're activating people. It's not, it's not, you're not uh, expressing an opinion. You're telling people to do something evil, right? That, that's actionable. So there, there are no asterisks when it comes to the First Amendment. Uh, and likewise, any of the other amendments. It's very interesting. There may be clarifications to what these amendments mean, yes, but there are no asterisks. Very important part of it. And this is what we're seeing 
when it comes to uh, affirmative action. Uh, they tried to make that asterisk and it didn't work. They tried to make the asterisk when it came to abortion as well. It, it just it wasn't there. Uh, suddenly you can murder <laughs> and, and find justification for it in the Constitution. Really? How, how did that work out? Um, so anyway, the affirmative action, there's this new thing that came out. You know, it's, it's, this is since the uh, decision, I, I believe. But New York City is to pay out $2 billion, that's B, with a B, to black and Hispanic people who failed the teaching exam saying that the test was racist, right? <laughs> so more, more details. New York City will pay nearly $2 billion to black and Hispanic people who wanted to become teachers but failed the exam settling a lawsuit that alleged that the disparate passage rates showed that their test was racist, right? Some individuals who never worked as teachers will get more than $1 million each and could even get pensions, which will inflate the cost well beyond $1.8 billion, the New York Post reported. Anyway, so um, they, they could not provide any examples of how the questions were racist, but that wasn't important right now, right? So this is, this is their answer to it. Now, what's interesting is they, they talk about disparate impact, right? I love, I love this now because I want to use that argument against them when it comes to the voting of 2020, right? Wasn't there a disparate impact, right? Wasn't it, you know, it just wasn't, wasn't it odd, all these different anomalies that happened? So because the whole concept of disparate impact is, yeah, you can't find a direct statement, a racist statement or racist discrimination, but you can kind of tell because after all, they don't have as many blacks in their corporation as is similar to the rest of the community. Therefore, the disparate impact, that's, that's the thinking, right? That's, that's their logic and they, and they stick to it. Okay. Well, it's a garbage argument, but if they can make that argument, why can't we make that argument when it comes to the voting? Of, uh, of 2020, right? All those anomalies, disparate impact, right? It just doesn't make any sense. We must assume that there was fraud. How about that? If you must assume that there, there is racism, we must assume that there is fraud. How about that? Okay, that, this has been a Barack Larry spe special <laughs> on, that, uh, on that score. Uh, Devin also made the point about the NBA. Why don't you, why don't you elaborate about that? There's definitely is a disparate impact because I haven't seen that many Vietnamese players in the NBA, Koreans, underrepresented. Icelanders. That is actually really, yeah, if we actually want to get to, Saxons. How many Saxons, when was the last time you saw a Saxon, you know, or a Visithika? <laughs> no, but that was, I mean, being silly, but, 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 you know, how many Portuguese have you seen there, right? Disparate impact. Right. Or Puerto Ricans. I mean, there's plenty of Puerto Ricans, plenty of Mexicans out there. But let, let's face it. I mean, the, the NBA is based upon skill, height, skill, whatever. And it, what is, I don't know what the percentage is. I know it's more than 50 percent is black. OK, so well beyond the actual percentage of the black population. But do you see anyone saying that's not right? You know, that that should be, you know, we should have more white players. Yeah. Right. But no, it's not. And, and the reason for that, I, you know, maybe these particular black players have been playing uh, since they were two years old and they just got better. And they happened, a lot of them happen to be tall. I mean, you can have tall white people too, of course. But the point is that they're in the NBA and that's the way it is. And nobody complains about that. So it's all garbage. It's, it's truly garbage, this disparate impact 
sort of issue, but they expect you to buy it. That's the point. And no one's buying it. I want you to know, no one's buying it. It's, it's, there was a great meme I saw from uh, Facebook and it, it was the number one song was that song, uh, tried that in a small town, right? And that, and he goes back and forth between, uh, oh yeah, uh, Sound of Freedom, for example. That movie is like taking off. It's at the $125 million mark now. It's, it's a sensational film. I saw it. I highly recommend it, by the way. So these movies, you know, that's great. And then the, the song uh, that we just talked about and all these other things that are disasters on the left. Like, do you see a pattern here? That's, that's what they're saying. And I think people are just not buying the BS anymore. They're just not taking it. And the left is now beginning to realize it, especially with the transgenderism and the affirmative action. We, we just don't buy it anymore. We don't, we don't accept that the police are evil. In fact, we think the police are good. Uh, we, we don't accept that America is bad. We, in fact, America is good. Uh, we, we don't accept that affirmative action helps anybody. In fact, it hurts everyone and so on. And now I, I would say people are, are waking up, but it's not really that. We've always felt that way. It's a, you can call it a silent majority, but they're coming into the reality of what we conservatives not only believe, but we're pushing back. And they're, they're coming into the reality of life, especially, and that plea bargain is such a great example of exactly that. All right, folks, Brooklyn is signing off, saying God bless, and we'll talk with you next week.